This is the Kineo Equipping Podcast. Okay. All right. So, here we are. Last week. Well done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For you okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, um, man, this is gonna be difficult. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for all your hard work. I mean, after tonight, you would have put in six hours. Now I know it's more than that because of the reading and the assignments and working through your passage, stuff like that. So, thank you so much for all the time that uh, that you've been putting in. So, uh, this is Jordan. Pre ho ho. We call him JoJo. That's why JoJo Pre ho ho. Um, so just a, just a quick recap of where we've been and what we're doing tonight. So we started off with hermeneutics, so observation, interpretation, application. We flew through that. Uh, and then the, the week after application, we, we talked about forming your big idea, your kind of one sentence, your through line. Last week, we talked about outlines and structures or bones and flesh for the more evocative title. Um, this week is kind of a grab bag, all right? And so I... T- <laughs> I optimistically titled it Compelling Communication. Now, whether this will actually, whether this falls on the spectrum of like becoming a compelling communicator, I don't know. This literally was just sitting down going, okay, what do I think about some stuff? And just writing it out. So it's kind of just like a download. Like not, not a, this stuff doesn't really fit in a whole lot of places anywhere else. May, or at least in like little places in each one of the weeks. So. Um, but I brought Jordan in. I mean, you've sat under, I mean, if you were here this, this morning, you sat under his teaching or in Salt Company, you've sat under it. Jordan's very different than me as it relates to everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything. <laughs> we're the exact opposite Myers-Briggs. Right. Yeah. Like, exact opposite. Which is why, not the only reason why, but which is why uh, I wanted him to kind of hop in on one of these, and I'm glad it was this one. Because uh, we're just very different, so... Uh, so he'll clearly have a different voice that may be helpful because um, maybe your personality is just relates a bit more to his style or whatever than than mine. Which, if it does, good for you because because yeah, yeah uh, Jordan's great. So um, we're gonna fly through some of this, and again, you know me, I've been kind of optimistic in my time management here. So we'll see we'll see how far we get with some of the with some of the Q and A. I really want to get some Q and A in here though. So um, this is really just kind of like. Random. All right, so with compelling communication, the first one I want to talk about is uh, takeoffs and landings. And Jordan can hop in here whenever. Um, it really, like, if you think of, if you're going on a flight, I mean, Emily's leaving for Malaysia tomorrow, right? And so once uh, some of the, the whole flight's important, but especially the takeoff and especially the land. Like, if you get the takeoff and the flight right, but if you mess up that landing, game over, you know, like, big deal that everything else went well. If you don't land the plane, like, that's a problem, you know? I'm sure they will. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. You're not your anxiety levels are. You're not flying a max eight. They're smaller. Yeah. So, all right. Too soon. Okay. Um, so think through. Think through your takeoffs. Think through your landings. Like, like the. It's really easy to think through your introduction, and it's really easy to short, like short sell your, uh, your conclusion. You know, like there, there, there's well, one message I can specifically remember where, uh, I just ran out of time. And so literally the, like my, my paragraph ended and I didn't have a conclusion. And I, I literally just wrote in pen, we'll see what happens. And it worked, it turned out okay, but it's like, man, that's a, that's a hard place. Like that's the epitome of not thinking through your conclusion. Right? Like that could have gone very poorly. Um, and so uh, how you will begin, how you begin will often determine whether your audience stays with you, you know? So, like, think through your introduction, because that's important. I mean, people are, especially if they don't know you, they're trying to figure you out a little bit. Like, do I want to listen to this person? Um, and how you end will often determine uh, what they remember, or if they remember anything at all. Like, how you end can, can dramatically affect, like, how they actually walk out of that room, you know, and what they, re- what they remember. Um, and so, put a lot of time and thought into both the intro and the conclusion. Uh, and and this, is, this is often why I don't generally start 
my messages with like an introduction of myself. You know, it, it drives Cody crazy, but it's like, it's like I don't, I don't want to start every message with like, "Hi, my name's Jake, and I do this here." And it's like, gosh, okay, who cares? Like, I want to just get into it. Okay, now I broke that rule, quote unquote. It's a rule for me. It's not a rule for you, but like, it's just I like to just get into it. But yeah, Jordan doesn't do that. Yeah. But like, I, I didn't, I did introduce myself on Easter because it was strategic because I'm like, okay, there's a lot of new people here is considering the audience, right? And it's like, okay, I want to want them to at least know my name and be able to welcome them kind of thing. But anything that you've... Yeah. Because we think through that a little different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think just introductions in general. I remember talking to Paul Sabino about this. When I first started teaching at 514, way back when I was youth director, he's like, Jordan, you got like 90 seconds for people they'll decide in their mind whether or not they want to listen to you. And for, like, middle schools, high schoolers, they'll, like, if you're not engaging, they'll let you know. They'll just, like, pull out their phones and just, like, I'm not interested, you know. Mm -hmm. So so you got, you know, a minute or two for people to decide, like, do I like this guy? Do I want to? Even just, like, coming up on stage, like, a smile on your face is, like, it's just helpful. It's, mm -hmm. all, it's all helpful. Um, there's different ways to do introductions, right? I, there's ways that... Um, you can share stories. That's, I did that this morning. I shared a story. Um, uh, I think the, the last sermon I talked about uh, Casey walking through anxiety, depression. The, the one before that I talked about this, this rock climbing thing, right? So there's, there's different ways you can pull people in. One of the things I, I, I would say, though, is uh, you, you want it to match probably the mood of your sermon. Mm. So, like, if it's a heavier sermon to come in, like, super, like, <coughs> humor-centered probably isn't the best, um, and, uh, and vice versa, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I'm with Jake. You practice them. Uh, I don't, I, I probably should. Do you, do you practice your sermons out loud? Any, do you do that? Um, no, we're actually going to talk about that in the next one, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't as much anymore, but the things I, the ones I will practice are introduction, and if I do something else, it's conclusion. Like, those are the mm -hmm. two that I do want to have down. Or if I have illustrations, I'll, I'll sometimes say those out loud. Um, the last thing I'd probably say with conclusion is uh, just make sure it's driving home your main point. Uh, the conclusion is not the time to add a bunch of new material. It's the time to reinforce yeah, yeah. The, the existing material. Um, so, and, and I, I just believe, I, I believe your conclusion should end on a, like a crescendo note and not like a whimper, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm. So like end on a high note. I love ending with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and so kind of a little bit into what you were saying. So notes, run throughs and triggers. And so, uh, kind of like what I said last week, there's, there, there's no difference between thinking and writing. And so if you can't write out your message in a way that would make sense to somebody reading it, and again, like write, write the way you talk, okay? So it's not like you're writing a term paper, but if you can't write it out in a way that somebody could read it and, and follow along, um, then it, it's, it's pretty unlikely that you're actually gonna be able to say it in a way that makes sense. And so that's, that's why, like, again, you do what you want, but I'm really encouraging you to, to at least begin uh, with a habit of manuscripting. Um, so practicing your messages, so with run-throughs, uh, I would say, especially when starting off, and I'm kind of the same now, I, I, don't, I don't run, I don't practice it out loud, except when I read through it with Sarah, but, um, but practicing, at least initially, like doing it out loud, like recording yourself, one of it's for time, so you can kind of figure out uh, how much time you got. And, and another thing, too, um, uh, you'll be able to listen to yourself afterwards, especially if you record yourself, and that'll... That'll help you uh, know what maybe some of your annoying ticks are. Uh, maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But you'll you'll recognize things, and we'll probably get into some of that a little bit later on. Um, you'll notice things that that annoy you about yourself, and that's really good to know before you you know get up there and talk. And so, um, one of the things too, as you're as you're when I say triggers, what I mean is that if you're prepared enough, like if you've run through it enough. If you've practiced it enough, you should be able to, on your manuscript, and I think I mentioned this last week, if I showed you a manuscript of mine like that I take up there, often it just has words next to paragraphs. And those are just my triggers, where it's like I can just glance down and I just see that word, and now and, and it's, it re reminds me of what that section of material is, right? You know, and so... Like for Good Friday, I could I just wrote softball, and I had basically a page 
like in there, I just needed softball and I'm talking about the universe and all this stuff, you know? And so, but it, that only works though if you're really prepared and if you've gone through it enough. Like I said, I think I, think I read through it about six or seven times. Um, so if you do that, you really just need the triggers. And then if, if you really wanna say something precisely, you can look down on your manuscript. The, the danger in manuscripting is that you can get so tied to it that you're basically reading the thing. It's like, no, no, no. the manuscript is to, to give clarity and organization to your thoughts, um, but for you to prepare enough with it that you don't absolutely need every single word and every single punctuation mark on the manuscript. Um, yeah, so anyways. Yeah, and this is where Jake and I, like the way we do our notes is a little different, and there's not like a, a necessarily like right or wrong in this. I, I just remember going through an article in um, The Art of Biblical Preaching um, called No Notes, Some Notes, Manuscript, or a lot of notes or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, and, and he just talked through like <coughs> the manuscript, like that's the spectrum, right? The manuscript, and then you could go like some notes. If you have some notes, like maybe a, a page or two that you kind of slip in your Bible, uh, and then some people will just memorize it. I, I wouldn't start there. <laughs> Uh, the whole memorizing thing. But what I do is I actually also do a manuscript, um, but then I pare my notes down uh, mm. to, to something I can like fold in half and like slip in my Bible. Uh, and the reason I do it is just because when I, when I did a manuscript, um, and manuscript works great for Jake. Uh, for me, I just find myself getting tied so much to the notes that mm. I, I so value eye contact with um, my audience, uh, people who are uh, in the crowd, that uh, I just found it in the some notes category, I was just able to be more engaged with the crowd, if that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, I, I used to practice. I would encourage you guys to practice. I would, I'd, uh, for sure time yourself. I would, um, I, to record yourself and listen to your, to it is like a very hard thing to do. Uh, it's a little <laughs> awkward, but it's, it's helpful. And, uh, and again, get kind of irons out some of those ticks, which is why. So this week, if you're giving your message this week, we're going to record you. Like you're going to have a, you're going to have a video recording of yourself doing it. Now, whether you want to share that with anybody's up to you, right? Like, but it's so that you can kind of get a feel for that because a lot of times you don't know what your thing is. You know, and I remember early on I sent I I sent a, a clip to Claire Sabino because uh, I just knew she'd be brutally honest. And I was like, hey, just tell me all the annoying things I do. You know, now and what she ended up like writing out everything I do, where it's like, okay, if I implement all this, I'll just stand there straight, like do nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like the annoying things, but there are annoying things in that. Um, so, uh, Jordan, Jordan's really highlighting almost pretty much the best of both worlds, like getting the clarity of the manuscript, um, but then having it so ingrained that basically what Jordan's doing is he's just taking all the triggers mm -hmm. up with him in his, in his, uh, mm -hmm. outline, you know, so that's awesome. Uh, economy of dynamics. So here, here's what I mean. Um, there's a story about a guy who, uh, who lived in a big city and he, uh, got an apartment right next to one of the trains, one of the public transit trains. Uh, and th as the train flies by these apartments, it like shakes everything. And it happens all the time because it's just flying, flying, flying. And when he moved in, like everything's rattling, it's loud, it's annoying. It's like every time the train flies by, it scares him because it's just new, you know, all this stuff. Well, after living there for a while, he invites somebody over and they have the same response. They're like, what the heck is that? He's like, what are you talking about? It's because he got so used to the train that he actually ended up not hearing it anymore. Now, the same thing can happen when we're speaking. And, and sometimes we think, when we think of monotone, we think of low and we think of boring. It's like, no, 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 monotone is just being of the same tone, monotone, like consistently. And that can also be somebody who's really intense and like they're always like this and you don't actually know what's important because they're always talking like this and even the, the little things sound like this and the big things sound like this and they're just all excited and it's like dude great like I feel exhausted though I don't one you're stressing me out because I'm, I'm just not like that and two it's like I don't know what's important mm -hmm. because you're only saying it the same like you've become the train that I've gotten so used to it that I've just kind of been lulled to sleep almost, you know? And that can happen for people who are really high energy. Like we don't, we think high energy is like you keep people's attention by being high energy. It's like, not really actually. Like you keep people's attention by having dynamics mm -hmm. within, even just within the way that you're speaking. And so, so vary your cadence, vary your volume. Um, and pauses, like silence, can be a tremendous tool, mm -hmm. right? Si silence is really, I mean, 
it, it's part of the punctuation, right? Like we, we speak with our, it's called prosody, you know, it, a lot of times people, it, and this drives me nuts, sorry if you talk like this, where, where, they, where they end everything up, it sounds like everything's a question, but you don't really know if it's a question, but they just kind of end every sentence like this. And it's like, like they're always scooping up at the end of their sentences, and it's like, are you done? Like, are, you're not asking me, so, but I feel like you are. Like, there, there's something about the confidence there. I'm just like, do you even believe what you're saying? Because, like, it sounds like you're questioning everything, you know? So think through, like, the way that you're talking. A lot of times in my, in my notes, I'll actually write, like, pause or, or say this again. Or, or like, I'll, I'll write in the kind of dynamic I want to say this, you know, I want to say the thing with. And I'll think through, like, not just what I'm going to say, but how I'm going to say it. You know, and, and your, 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 uh, your practice can kind of help with that, too. So, yeah, managing your dynamics in that um, can be really helpful. Yeah. yeah, and this is something, like, you just continually grow in all these things as a communicator. And even for me, I'm like, I'm still growing in this stuff, guys. And uh, one thing I, I try to do um, in my notes, actually, is, um, and I stole this from Joel Vint, but I saw he, like, color-coded some different things in his notes one time. And so he had, like, some blue in his notes. I'm like, what's that for? He's like... These are kind of like my, like, kind of like laid back, like come up for air moments. I'm going to stop and tell a story, like that oh, type of funny. thing. And, and I'm like, that's actually really helpful, especially even just like visually as I'm looking at my notes. Like, mm. are, are these things spread out or is that all together? Mm. And then for me, I also like, you know, moments where I'm like a bit more like preachy, I, I go a little more like red. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn up the volume a bit. And, um, and actually, even my last sermon, I felt like I didn't do this super great. I wanted to, uh, and even just in this sermon, want to keep growing in, in these type of things, guys. And because um, I felt like I was, I was up like in fifth year more than I wanted to be, and not varying like I should have been. And and so even in this sermon, and you start talking about waiting, like that's like pause time. Like mm-hmm. you start talking about wait, like you slow down in those moments. You don't speed up. You slow down. For me, I had like dot dot dot, and I'm like, to me, that's like. Slow down. We're talking about waiting and like letting people sit in that, if that makes sense. So uh, you, you're really growing as a communicator if you get okay with pauses. Mm. Uh, because actually, what you're doing is you're allowing people to sift in the truth and think about and process what you just shared, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but a lot of times, I think early on in my communicating years, it's like, oh no, it's. It's awkward. People are thinking, like, I've forgotten what I'm going to say or whatever. And mm-hmm. there are times, though, like, just being brutally honest, where I'll be, I'll be silent and people are like, man, I'll, you know, maybe they think about it or whatever. And in my head, I'm like, what the heck am I going to say next? <laughs> I'm like, but, where, where am I yeah, at? Yeah, that's right, yeah. You have, you have that look like, I'm, I'm meaning to do this. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. And pauses can make people lean in in right. the same way that stories and examples can. So, mm-hmm. like, stories used strategically can help land a big point as, as well as grab people who have checked out. Right, like yeah. Al- Alistair Begg is the master of this, and I, I, <laughs> I, I, I've only met him once, and I told him this. I said, I was like, I was like you're one of the only preachers who, uh, who after I've checked out, always is able to bring me back in, you know. And he was kind of like, he's like, I don't, I don't know whether that's a compliment or not. It's like, it, I mean it as it is, you know, because it's like, well, I'm checking out in your thing, but. But a lot of times what, what can happen, and I noticed this this morning with you. I can't remember what the story was now, but I, because I saw what was happening. Like there was, there was a moment there. There was, there was like, there was like a, kind of a long span of explaining the, the Abraham context, you know. And then you, you started a story, and I remember just kind of looking around. And you can almost physically see, like with a big group of people, you, yep. can, you can really see it. Like people, people lift their heads, like they're, they're stop checking their Instagram you know, because I checked out, like, it's like, oh, because we all love a good story. And we kind of, it doesn't even honestly have to be a good story. It just has to sound like a story. You know, it's like, oh, I wonder what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different thing. And it can really draw people back in. And you can use that to your advantage, yep. uh, especially if you need to, we, we always say, like, you need to come up for error. Like, if, if you've been in a weighty kind of thing, like, you can, you can have a pressure release valve a little bit. Yep. Um, and yep. people can really appreciate that. Yep. So. Yeah, the, the tricky things with stories is, like, as you start dreaming about your sermon, especially you guys that are, like, teaching your first sermon, you'll want to share, like, every good and funny story that you've ever had. 
and I remember being with Paul, and I think we get into illustrations. I, I can't remember, but like illustrations and stories hand in hand. I, uh, I was it was in a teachers meeting for one of my salt sermons, and uh, and I just remember Paul saying. Um, He's like, Jordan, the, the story, the illustration, I can't remember exactly what it was, something to do with antelopes or something. And uh, I, it was, I think, course, first, first Peter 5, like <laughs> the, the devil, you know, prowling around like a roaring lion, uh, something with antelopes. And, uh, okay, and he's that like, Jordan, sense. that's a really good illustration, but it actually doesn't drive home the point of the text. And so mm. don't let an illustration or a story drive the point. Let the text drive the point. Mm-hmm. And, and what you're going to have to do, which is, like, so hard, is you're just going to have, I call it, like, killing your darlings. Like, the stories that you want to share, just, like, put it in your back pocket and share it with someone after church. Like, or save it for a different sermon where it, like, makes sense. Um, stories and illustrations, uh, they're really helpful. Um, but just make sure they're driving home the point of the text mm-hmm. um, and that they're sharpening your, your sermon. Um, but they are really helpful to... It does. It pulls people back in, but we all love a good story. Yeah, and and it's really easy to want to try to do backflips to make your story work. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh, I really want to tell this story now. How can I make it connect mm-hmm. to this thing? It's like you're you're starting to do gymnastics, and like when you feel yourself really trying to stretch, we talked about that on the on the um, on the abstraction ladder. Like the further away <clears throat> it is from the from the main rung, like the further you have to reach. <laughs> Like, go for a closer rung. Uh, and if you find yourself with a story really having to reach, like, this kind of connects, like, yeah, throw it away. It's not helpful. It only, it only makes sense to you. Um, so, yeah. Kind of in the same, like, in the same vein, um, and this is probably under, under the overall heading of, of illustration still, uh, is our metaphors. And so we talked about this some last week, but illustrating through metaphors can be incredibly powerful because it, it connects... It makes a memorable connection between a truth and a common experience, or, or, uh, or, or imagery that it that uh, I'm I'm trying to think of. Well, I've got an example. Okay. Yeah. What was it? Oh wow. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you did it both services. I noticed that. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. In the plan. I was just going to say, I'm like not the best at the <laughs> metaphor thing. So thank you. I appreciate that. Jake's really good at them. I like. You're, you're good if, at stories. If it's in my text, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's in the, in the text, like, Jesus is the anchor of your soul. I'm like, oh, I should, like, look up pictures of boats. You know, like, <laughs> that's how I do that. <laughs> so I should look up some anchor pictures. Anchor. You know, this is a side note. The only song that didn't have the word anchor in it this morning was the bridge from Anchor. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 Someone who lives it's in like me is like, it's, a, it's annoying. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I can stretch it. So one of my favorite examples of this, and, and you'll hopefully you'll feel it as I read it, um, yeah. Jonathan Edwards was such a master of of metaphorical language and thinking like it doesn't always have to be uh, it doesn't always have to be a shared experience right like it can be that language where it's like like it'll access a creative side of you like the what did you say the the, the dragon screaming out of the, whatever you remember it more than I did yeah. yeah but stuff like that where it's like it's language that you don't hear a lot that kind of makes you perk up and so this Jonathan Edwards quote um, this is in his message, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And he says, Your wickedness makes you, as it were, heavy as lead, and to, ten- and to tend downwards with great weight and pressure toward hell. And if God should let you go, you would immediately sink and swiftly descend and plunge into the bottomless gulf. And your healthy constitution and your own care and prudence and best contrivance and all your righteousness would have no more influence to uphold you and keep you out of hell than a spider's web would have to stop a falling rock. Like that, that takes a lot of thought, but like you feel the weight of it. It's like all of, all of your good works uh, keep you from going to hell as much as a spider web keeps a rock from falling through it. Like that kind of language, yeah.
Oh, wow. Yeah. It's really interesting because it sounds very intense. <clears throat> I was listening the entire time like, I don't even know how to feel. Should I feel guilty? Yeah. Should I be upset? I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the whole, like, if you read the whole sermon, it, it's, it is a weighty message. Like, yeah. like but, but it sparked something, like, like, in the Great Awakening. Like, this was a key aspect of that where it's like, and he's so masterful, you know, so thinking through, like, like what is an image I can use to describe this? Now, what you, what you want to do, like, going back to the economy thing, where it's like, like, you use your heavy hitter metaphors for your heavy hitter points. Like, don't, don't waste your, like, like, match them together, right? Match your money stories with your money points. Match your, match your humor with your big points, like, like, don't waste them on little things, right? Like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. Uh, okay, managing nerves. <clears throat> managing nerves. This one's for you, Emily, okay? <laughs> um, man, I, 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 I don't have as much as I wish I did. I put, and you'll love this, I put prayer. Like, honestly... Like praying before you actually get up to to speak or to teach or whatever. I mean, um, it's it's the right heart posture, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, it's a posture of dependence, right? And, and I kind of talked about it last week, where it's like, like when I get up to when I get up to teach, I'm praying that God would do with the message what only He can do, right? Like all I can do is sow seed. All I can do is water. Like He's got to be the one to like to like make the seed germinate and grow and roots go deep and plants go high and fruit to cut like only got none of us can do that you know that the best we can do is like is cultivate an environment and and a soil for God to allow rich growth like that's the best like I can't pull tomatoes out of my garden right like I'd ruin it if I if I put that pressure on myself if I tried to be God in that moment so prayer uh, that it really is a heart posture on um, preparation. Honestly, it sounds really pragmatic, but it's like, yeah, if you're if you're really nervous and you haven't prepared, you probably should be nervous, like because you don't know what the heck you're saying. <laughs> and yeah, it it probably will go poorly, and you did that to yourself, right? Like, I'm not trying to be mean about it, you know. But it's like, what did you expect, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then perspective. This goes a little bit with prayer. So prayer. Preparation. I, I wasn't trying to alliterate this uh, in the last you have, one. You have three Ps. I know. Three I should have really yeah. broken that up. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just noticed that. Uh, perspective, like, and again, I think I mentioned this last week. Like, it's it's your job to give a good message, and God's job to make it a great message that impacts and changes lives. Like, you're the messenger, not the Holy Spirit. And so, don't put the pressure on yourself to be the Holy Spirit for other people like that. It's one of those things where it's like, like God, God cares more about how His Word impacts the lives of His people than you do, like. And but what that also needs to do for us is like when we get up there, it's like, um, I, I was I was thinking this this morning during the uh, during the um, uh, parent commissioning, and like the parents are up there, Matt's talking, and I'm standing there, and it's it's a cool perspective out because you can see everybody, right? You know, and from that point, and it'll be amazing because you you can see everybody and what they're doing. Like, there's nowhere to hide. Like when you're when you're sitting out there, you think, oh, I'm doing this, I'm whatever, I'm talking to what. It's like we see that. Like we can see everything. You know. But the cool thing was to be able to stand up there and be like, like the the one of the one of the primary emotions or sentiments you need to have when you get up to to teach people is like you have to ask like, do I love these people? Like, do I genuinely care about these people? Do I love them? Do I care about the, the state of their souls and what God wants to do through his word in their lives? Like, do I love these people? And so to get that perspective as well, like, like this is a sacrificial act of love, like to do all the work that you've done to mine through the text and to bring it. It's not like to, to have, the, like when I get up there, it isn't so that they think that I'm great. It's because this is an act of worship to God and of love for the people. Like that's got to be the posture because because it, if it's if it's for any sort of self 
glorification. Like, there's poison in the water there. I mean, you can trick people for a while, but eventually that'll go sour. And, like, it, it can't be about your own manifestation of any kind of gifting. It has to be in service for the people and in worship of God. Um, so prayer, preparation, perspective, this one isn't P, um, but this is super pragmatic, and this is why I'm saying, like, invite people that you like, you know, to come listen to you, come to come listen to you teach because it's really helpful to identify friendly faces like as you're scanning you know however however big the context is like if somebody's really tracking along with you and, and they seem engaged like for some reason uh just the way that i kind of scan like i always land on kyra dunham here to my Dude, left i was gonna say the same thing you, kyra? Yeah. yeah she's a head nodder yeah she's a really head nodder for me you know oh, yeah. so so if somebody if like if if you're wanting to encourage somebody when they're teaching just nod your head, like, doesn't, just. If you're listening or not. Whether you're listening or not, just like, <laughs> yep. And that'll, that helps. Like, it's like, okay, that's a, I've got a friend there. You know, I've got somebody who's tracking along and I've got somebody who's tracking along. I've got somebody who's tracking along. If you can find, honestly, if it's just like three points or two, it's like, that's good enough for me. I, I'm not making eye contact with every single person. I'm just finding a few, and I just kind of boop, 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 and go through. And I don't know, it's, it, it helps with the nerves because you feel like you got someone on your team, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever get nervous? Um, Casey was asking me that the other day. Um, sometimes. I mean, still sometimes or whatever. But especially in new context, if I'm doing something new, um, like I'm sure the f first funeral I do, I'm sure that'll be like a nervous thing. Any context that's new, preaching at like retreats or whatever, but um, you, you always get more comfortable. Mm. Um, but to me, like the biggest thing for me in all of that is it is prayer, guys. It is um, I, I to get on your knees, uh, to pray yourself empty, to just say like, I bring nothing to the table and, and to pray that God would fill you with his Holy Spirit. Uh, the book that... Uh, that's out there is Ian Bounds' book called Power Through Prayer, and it's specifically actually aimed towards uh, teachers. Um, and he just he just hits home that like if you're a teacher, um, like the ratio of like like prepare like pr prepare do everything we're doing here, but then like don't like diminish that, but elevate also closet time, like time in the closet on your knees in front of the Lord, begging Him to do something and and asking Him to fill you with His Spirit. I'd, I, you sent me a clip from John Piper a little while ago, and he, he's just like, we need preachers who, uh, who aren't putting on a performance, but preachers who are coming out of, their out of their closet, walking on a stage and delivering the word of God, inspired by prayer and inspired by the spirit. And so, um, so yeah, I, because I, we're, we're not equipped. It's crazy that we get to do what we get to do. Um, yeah, Lord help us. We need to keep praying. So, mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Last one feeling really good about time. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, I feel like I'm going to ruin it. Um, eliminating distractions. And so here's what I mean. Uh, we talked a little bit about identifying your ticks. This is where recording yourself will help. I've noticed about myself lately is that I say right a lot when I'm when, on a Sunday particularly. Uh, it's funny because Jordan and I were talking before this because I remember his first message at Salt Company. And I knew there was a word he said like 1.5 million times. <laughs> And it was right. It was right. It's, yeah, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was my it was my take. Stan Hayek was sitting there taking notes, and at one point, at one point, Stan just stopped taking notes and started tallying how many times I said the word right, and uh, and then felt like he needed to share that number with me or whatever. I, it was like over a hundred. So it was a lot. So yeah, it was it was like my nervous tick. It was my first time preaching at Seoul and whatever. You just have those things, and you're not trying to do it. And even as, like, Stan was sharing, I'm like, man, I remember saying that a couple times. But, you know, but, like, it's just what you do. It's like your hundred, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think those are starting to go away. But. Yeah, yeah. No, they are. And we have them. I mean, they're filler words. Yeah. You know, and so, I don't know. I mean, we, we all have them. I'm not saying for you to get so self-conscious about it that you just can't function. But at the same time if it becomes a distraction, and just ask the people around you, especially if there's words just in your regular, normal, everyday speech, uh, people pretty easily be able to tell you. Um is a common one. Like is one. People can just say like all the time. And, you know, if they say it enough and you start picking up, it just drives me. Like, you know, you know, you know, all this stuff. I mean, I don't know what yours is. Um, another one, eliminating distractions. Think through your hands' home base. <laughs> 
Okay, this is this is maybe the smallest, uh, smallest, most stressful thing. Yeah, it's kind of like if if your pants don't have pockets, you're like, what do I do with you? What do I do with these? Where do I put these? You know. And so when you're up there, think through think through where what are you gonna do with your hands when you're not using when you're not using them to to make a point or when you're speaking. We we I maybe I talk with my hands more than others, but. But when you're not talking with your hands, where are you going to put them? And this is funny because I remember, I was like, I don't know where to put them. Where do other people put them? And so I remember just like going through YouTube and just YouTubing my favorite, you know, speakers and just, I wasn't listening to what they're saying. I was just watching their hands and like, where, what are you doing with your hands? You know, Mark Vance does the, and the, I kind of stole this one. You might see like, I, like the one hand in the pocket, but kind of like halfway out. So the thumb's kind of hanging out. It's like. You do this and this, and then it goes back in. It's like home base. Solomon Rexius, uh, often he'll he'll link them together and he'll just kind of stand like this and he'll walk around with them linked. You know, uh, I don't remember. There, there were a couple other ones that I walked that I that I watched, and I kind of was like, okay, I like that. I like that. I'll just try that. And I just stole basically their their hands management techniques. I guess I don't know. You know, because it is a thing. It's a thing that you want to think through. Um, if you're nervous, then this probably won't be an issue. But whenever you're, whether you're teaching or not, if, if you're nervous, don't hold whatever papers you have. Just don't hold. We see this all the time with baptism testimonies. It's hilarious. It's like somebody gets up to give their baptism testimony and they're nervous and they've got it all written out because they think that's helpful, but they can't see it because they're shaking so much. And then, then the paper's shaking, and it's just magnifying the whole shakingness. You're like, wow, you're really nervous. Like, it'd be way better if you just didn't have that thing. Because now I'm just watching the paper flapping in the wind, you know. So, so yeah, don't, don't hold the papers. They just magnify shaking hands. And then make sure, make sure that you can see. This feels Captain Obvious. Make sure you can see your Bible and read your notes. Okay, I'm... I'm the reason I say it is because I made this mistake one time where, and this is why when I, when I showed you, I think it was last week when I showed you my manuscript, it's like, it's veranda, 14 point, one and a half spacing. Because I made the mistake one time of doing. I remember this. Yeah, remember. of doing 12 point font, single spacing. And I couldn't figure out where I was. I just, it was all together. I need glasses anyway at some point in my life, you know, and so I've got my stand and I look down, I can't read it. I'm just like, like, oh no, I can't see it. And same thing with the Bible, you know, it's like, like get, make sure that you can actually read your Bible without, it's a weird thing, but it's, you don't want to be stressing out about not being able to see the things that you need to actually, you know, make sense while you're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to. Um, like at the very beginning. Yeah. 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 You don't have to. One of the things that that I that I one of the things that I think is helpful, and it depends on the passage, right? So if you're in a long narrative, it's not easy to do this. But especially if your passage can be read within three minutes, three to four minutes. Most of them can be. Most of them are shorter than that. To be able to read through the passage just so that people get a context. You know, sometimes, and I've done this before too, where it's like, I'll just start off, I'll just go through the passage, and I'll just go this verse, and then this verse, and then this, but I haven't read the whole thing. And so people are just following along, and it's like, it's almost like the passage is being revealed to them while it's going. It's like, well, now everything seems to be a bit out of context, you know? So if you can, at some point, towards towards the beginning, I'm not saying right at the beginning, but kind of as you're getting into it, to read the text. Uh, I prefer that just because I, because part of my goal is to help people know how to study their Bible as like through teaching as well. And so if they can, I mean, one of the things you might notice on Sundays uh, more often than not we do is like we have the whole text up there. Uh, and one of the things that I really, that I, that I like to do um, is to like leave it up there. You know, my preference would act, would be if it made if it fit would be to just have the whole text on the screen. That's that's the backdrop, 
There's no logo, it's just the text. So if somebody gets if somebody gets bored of me speaking and they want to just look at the text, like great, I don't care. Like that's the word of God. You know, so if you're gonna get lost reading the word of God and not listening to me, fine. You know, but yeah, so that's a long answer to your short question, but yeah. Yeah. Eliminating distractions. Um, I just have uh I, these are just random things. Um, I, I do think uh, if your eyes are glued to your notes, that can be a distraction. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I just remember Tim Keller saying, uh, know your notes cold. And I'll even pray this as, like before I preach, like, Lord, help me to get ahead of my notes. Like the trigger words that, like, I don't even have to look down for my trigger words or like the, the things I want to say. And second service typically goes better because you've like done it once. And so you know your notes a little bit better. Um, but I, I've, I've learned that you can better engage your crowd and the people in front of you if you just know your notes because your, your eyes are up more. Um, the other thing is uh, I think <laughs> um, as you study, there's like a lot of great observations you can make. You can, uh, you can get lost in the weeds uh, a lot of times, and then like you at times might like zoom out your sermon, and you're like, what am I trying to say again? Uh, and I, I would say as much as possible, keep things clear and keep things like simple, like as simple as possible. Uh, if you're gonna err on one side, I would err that way, where it's just like, there's just like memorable things and uh, like you can't repeat yourself enough as a communicator. It's, it's different than reading where you could stop and go back and read it. And even Jake, after a sermon one time, he's like, man, you had some good like tweetable lines in there, the same twice so that like, like people could, that can stick, unless you got like up, up top on, on the slide or whatever. So uh, be clear, be simple, repeat yourself. And then, um, the last little thing we can get into Q&A stuff that I, I just wrote down is, and we've talked a little bit about like <laughs> stories and illustrations. I, I just have like a note about humor in general. Um, I remember talking to Shane Klein in one of our teaching team meetings for Salt Company and Shane told me, um, he's like, Jordan, it seems like you got a lot of like good humor peppered around your uh, like manuscript and uh, a lot of your sermons, you kind of have it throughout. He's, he said, my encouragement to you is just make sure that the humor has a purpose, mm. like that there's purpose to it. Um, uh, our, John Piper said, in our culture more and more in America, it seems like the thing that is more valuable to preachers is laughter than, it, than repentance. And um, we just don't want to have that. We, we do want to preach God's word. But that being said, humor can be a helpful thing in a sermon. Um, it's better to to use life experiences than like punchy like jokes or whatever. I found that to be true. It's it's better to go from light to heavy. It's better to go from humor to like making your heavy point than to like be in something heavy and then try and make like a funny joke. Like that's an awkward transition, if that makes sense. Um, so, and then the other yeah. thing I would say, just with humor in general, is um, be yourself. Uh, this will sound weird. Like, uh, if, if you wouldn't be talking that way and trying or, or have that kind of humor in a conversation, maybe, like, don't lean that way in, like, public, mm. if that makes sense. Um, so if, if you're just, like, naturally funny, it's like, okay, that just, like, kind of makes sense. You know, uh, Reed Smith, Michael Lisi, those guys are just, like, kind of natural funny. just, like, comes out of them, you know. Um, so, so don't be someone you're not, um, and don't, don't try and force things. But humor can be a, another just helpful pressure relief mm. valve. It can yeah. also be a distraction, too. Yeah, that's good. 15 minutes. Look at us. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so hard to do. That's way hard to do. And my first thought was, where's my pen? Number your pages. Yes. Number your pages. I. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Keep them numbered. I number them at the top. I had a bad experience one time. Oh, I want to tell so many stories. It was, well, it was. Or at least one. Yeah. I was, I was working with a guy at a radio station. We were doing a bunch of read-throughs for one day. I had like a thousand pages of script because he flew in and we were like, we got to knock this out. None of them were numbered. Fell off the music stand. It's like, 
I gotta reprint this. Like, I don't know where this goes. You know, it's terrible. Number your pages, yeah. What I usually do is, uh, sometimes I'll just take, I go back and forth on this one, to be honest. Like, for me, a lot of times, uh, I used to a lot, and I still almost prefer this, if I can fit all of the passage on a piece of paper, I'll, pr I'll just print it off on that. Now, you don't have a physical Bible up there with you. Some people get hung up on the look of that, you know, where it's like, it doesn't look like you have a Bible up there. It's like, okay, whatever. I do, and they're following along. It's up on the screen. Like, I've got it right here. I don't know that I need it as a prop, right? You know, so that kind of helps just because it lays flat. If you use your Bible, make sure you don't have, like, the Catholic family Bible where it takes up, you know, the whole room. You can't get it through the double doors, and then it takes up your whole stand and moves it down kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always put cross references in my mm -hmm. notes. Um, but like for me, particularly the manuscript, uh, if I've got my Bible, I've I've been in my office before. This is gonna sound bad, but just like beating my Bible down so that it lays flat. Yeah. You know, because it because yeah. it wants Especially to just close Hebrews, itself. Cause, yeah. Yeah, because you don't have a whole lot of the New Testament left. You know, so I've been like leaning at like wrestling this thing down to get the binding to just lay flat because I just want like can you just stay open for a second you know for the whole thing and then I'll put my notes you know I've got my stack of notes and I'll kind of lay it you know over over it and then uh yeah and then I'm just managing it just flipping back and back it helps when it's numbered though yeah, yeah. And well, like, the, not the message, preferably. Uh, it's a it, it's it's helpful, and Moody lost a ton of money not publishing it. But um, either the CSB or the ESV, honestly, it, yeah, we we teach out of the CSB, um, but it's not mainly because of accuracy. It's mainly because of uh, it, it's written at a lower reading level. Yeah. Here, yes. Yep, you'll have a music stand. It'll be in here. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to let Jordan answer him. Okay, good. Distractions. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about if you don't have a lapel mic, yeah. microphone, yep. like distance, yeah. that can be distracting? Yeah. And also, this might be more female-related, but how clothing can be distracting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think for the the handheld mic, it, man, that one it, it can be tricky. Just like handling the Bible, I found mm -hmm. that I was preaching a Revelation one time, and just like it was so front heavy that I just like I felt it go and I lost it. I'm like, Dang it! Because during a, it wasn't during like a light part of the sermon either. It was the heavy part. I'm like, ah, I need that to finish this sermon. Um, but uh, but for like handling a mic, like I I don't like to do it right on the chin. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I I think that can be a distraction actually. Um, but like a, a half inch, inch away. And it, it, the sound checks or whatever are helpful too. Like you can, uh, Tim's great at that too. But yeah. I, I like keeping it like an inch away or whatever. But just not too far. Like that is the thing. We're like, don't, don't go. Yeah, not belly, like belly button. Yeah, you can't, doesn't help you anybody. can't hear it. But if, yeah. if you're an inch away, you're good and stuff. So, so, so this week you'll have it. It'll be, it'll be a lapel mic, but it won't be over the ear. It'll be clipped on. Oh. Yeah. So you won't be running through the sound system, but it's mainly for the recording. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would say with that, um, particularly like a lot of places, less places have what we use here than like that goes over the ear. I, that's the best, in my opinion. A lot of places have these little clip-on lapel things, you know. So if you're teaching at like a camp or something and it's not a hand, but they got a wireless thing. Uh, it's really helpful if you wear a shirt that it can actually clip onto something, right? Because if, if you wear like a t-shirt, it's like it'll clip, you'll clip it on the collar, which isn't ideal, you know? So generally a button-up's helpful because you usually end up running it through your shirt and kind of through one of the things, you know? Stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, on clothing type stuff, um, yeah, I, um, I, I do think... Uh, I don't know if I have a great answer, but I, I do think that, like, um, 
keep the attention off of you and keep it on Jesus. Mm. So whatever that takes. And Jesus knows your heart and all of this stuff. And guys can wear like, you know, you can get up on sermon and, and it's like, whatever. It's like, it's all about me. You can see that. And, uh, and in all my preaching, I just, can we just keep like the focus on Jesus and off of me? And that includes clothing. And so whatever that means for you guys, uh, females and males, like it's, uh, it is something to think through. I, mm. I do think through like my clothes. Casey helps. Uh, <laughs> in the morning. Um, so if you're going to be on camera, like if they're going to film it, uh, tight lines aren't great. Because if you've ever seen that, like the Grammys or whatever, I don't understand why they do this. When you say tight line, like 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 like, uh, like clothing with tight patterns can get particularly lines, uh, skinny, stripes. skinny stripes. Thank you, can get really wavy. If you've if you've ever seen somebody wearing a shirt, it's like when they move, it's like all the lines. It's because cameras just don't know what to do with it. So if you're gonna be on camera, you know the most random stuff. It's yeah. This is great. With this, you will be on camera, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, in the instance we would be, like, talking into a microphone, what would volume be like? Because, like, I know, like, how would you not shout into the microphone? Just kidding. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're talking and it's yeah. fine. Right. But then there's people who, um, I don't talk into a microphone, and I'll say not to be afraid of, like, sounding silly. Yeah. Or something. If, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where a sound check's really helpful. Really, you know, that way you can at least get a feel. And that way, yeah, Hope, hopefully you've got somebody who at least knows how to run your, your sound system enough to ease your mind at that. Yeah, yeah. that's where that helps. Because if you can get to the spot, like, as, as you get, like, softer to draw the mic a little closer, as you, like, get a little more animated to pull away a bit. But mm -hmm. if you're doing your first sermon or two, it's probably not, like, the first thing on your mind. You end up hitting yourself in the teeth. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's right. That, that hurts, yeah. <laughs> I've never That's easy to do when, when you're singing. Just, Pow! Yeah. Yeah. So in doing studying of my passage, uh, looking at different uh, translations or versions of the Bible, I found that um, I looked to the NLT just to understand, like not to teach from, but just mm -hmm. to understand easier. Yeah. And would you discourage from using, like say one verse particularly in this passage that I'm pulling from, I understood better from the NLT translation. Mm -hmm. Would you discourage from using that for like not teaching from that, but using that specific verse that helped me understand it more mm -hmm. to get my point across to those that I'm giving a message to? Mm -hmm. Would you discourage against like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great. I mean, that's a great question. At least what, what I would do. And I'd be curious what Jordan would do. I. Uh, Various translations are super helpful. It's usually because they, they render certain words a certain way. That's more understandable, you know. That can be super helpful. I mean, like, like as you read it, it's like, and you're explaining it, it's like the NLT actually says it this way. Or, or sometimes uh, King James, you know, if you go the other way, where it's like King James is a little bit more of maybe more of a beautiful, archaic kind of thing, where it's like, man, this just really captures the essence. You know, it's like, to be able to reference, like, in this version says it this way. As long as you've done your work to know, you know, within, like, that, like, within, like, the word study itself, it's like, because a lot of times these translations are drawing from a semantic range, you know, so different translations will help you understand better. It, I think that's great to be able to reference that, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. And I, for me, in my sermon prep, I, uh, I'll, I'll study it through CSB, but then I have a, Bible, where it's uh, like King James, NIV, NASB, and then Amplified or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just really helpful to read it, but it's, you're just reading a lot more, but then also the difference and yeah. all this stuff. Um, okay, so if like for your commentary, for other things that you're reading online, you're finding like all these things um, like about your passage that like they're learning, how much of that do you like spike into while you're preaching? You know, like, a, well, according to the commentary, blah, 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 mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> People think I am. That one's better. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're pulling direct quotes, uh, yeah, cite it. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly you've you've been using resources to help you better understand it. Like it, like putting it in your own words in a way that you actually understand it. 
it's totally fine. You know, if, if a commentary just says something in just a killer way, you're like, man, that that needs to be a quote. It's like, yeah, like cite it as whatever it is. But I don't I don't think you need to feel the pressure to be a you know a storage bin of like like I'm I'm just I just basically compiled all of these paragraphs you know for you and this is where this from this is where this from, kind of thing and that's what for me like in my manuscript I'll have those more quoted from the commentaries but as I go to like my like sermon notes um, I'll, I'll have it like paraphrased and like I'll, I'll know or I'll read through the manuscript and I kind of I, I know the, the essence of what they're saying and then it'll come out my words you know or what it, it just you can do that too mm-hmm. but but yeah when it's like a direct quote um, it's like those things yeah Yeah, yeah. Use you in illustrating. Use yourself as the negative example. Use others as the positive. Yeah, and I told Jordan before this. Like, I was like, yeah, I remember you saying right a thousand times. Now, how do I bring that up without using you as the bad example? Yeah, Dang yeah. It. I watched how you transitioned that. Actually, you yeah. Like, <laughs> soft, softballed it up for me. Uh, yeah. One of the things I would say, Paul Sabina is really good at this, um, and I and I try to do it. Uh, is when you start using illustrations or, or examples of other people, it is really helpful to use like specific examples of people in your crowd or like in your audience. So, uh, like this morning, I talked about Aaron and Grace Poli, who mm. were up during second, you know, service commissioning or whatever. And um, when you can highlight specific people in your context, uh, that draws people in in another way. Where I mean, obviously, if you're that person, but other people are like, oh, I know the Coley's running their connection group, or what? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Or yeah. um, it, it just and it helps you like. Man, I, I know my people, my flock. Yeah, you're good at that. So if you're going to use Katie's example about uh, maybe what you've done wrong, so maybe you're talking about like sin, mistakes, and I'm sure you have your audience know because like men versus women groups, mm-hmm. you talk more in depth about like certain types of sins. But what would be like your guideline of like, you know, talking about like bearing your souls around a lot right. of those things, but like also getting people like you up here? Yeah, yeah, I mean, gauging your audience is. Yeah, using discretion with that. At the same, like, and the the point isn't purely transparency, right? Like, the point is transparency to show how Jesus is changing you based on the truth coming out of the text. You know, because like, because to just to just be like, just start confessing sin for no greater purpose other than to come across as transparent. It's like, where's the focus now, right? Like, now now I just want you to think that I'm. That I'm like a common person. It's like, well, yeah, duh, you are. But it's it's got to like give it a greater purpose. Like like in the text, I used to struggle with this, and here's here's how the truth of this text has challenged me in that, or has or Christ has been changing me in that through this truth. Like like let it let it like come back around and then come back out, you know, to to reverberate what's in the text, kind of thing. So. I think approaching that way along with the discretion of the audience is helpful, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Transparency is interesting. Like, it, you, you, you gotta be transparent in a real person, but we're, we're also called to be changed people, you know? And so, if in over time, if, you, if you're confessing the same exact sin mm-hmm. two years from now, it's like, Okay, now, how has Jesus changed you in that, you know, kind of thing? So, yeah. But it is helpful to to be transparent, like yeah. Paul Sabino, like you would say that, like when Paul was sharing his like sin or whatever. You listen to that podcast in your laundry room. I remember you saying that, like, holy cow, this pastor's like actually sharing what's really going on in his life. Mm-hmm. And I do. I, th- I think it's something we value in our culture here. It's a good thing. One more. Who wants the last one? Emily. Emily.
Yeah, uh, the one that comes to mind, I mean, you start talking about like how many sermons you preach. I remember Mark Driscoll saying it like takes about 300 sermons to get good. And I'm like, gosh, I don't even know if I've hit 100 yet. You know, I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> uh, I don't know where you'd say you're at, but but uh, but it is fun to like look back. And the, the, the ones for me are like, so like I've, I've preached a couple kickoffs at Salt Company. And in the moment, you're like, is this doing anything? Like, is Jesus at work or not? Like, the mm. it, it seemed like it went great, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm tired and hungry. I'm going to go get Poncheros and hope it. Like somebody came to Christ or something. <laughs> um, but I, I've, I've had moments like doing, uh, and it's not even like right away, but it's like later doing like leadership interviews and like hearing stories of someone being like, oh yeah, the kickoff this past year, I gave my life to Christ or whatever. And I'm like, oh wow, Jesus did something. Like <laughs> he used me for his greater glory and purpose. And, um, but it's like, it's not usually right away. You'll get like the good job with the sermons right away, but like the actual fruit, it, um, sometimes it's, there's like a delayed response, but then like mm. God's good and like giving, at least for me, like some of those moments where I'm like, this is worth it. And um, I, I believe, um, yeah, uh, yeah, teaching God's word is incredible and awesome. It's not everything. Relationships are so important too, but, um, but preaching God's word has power to it. It's good to have reminders. Yeah, mine was almost gonna be the same exact thing. Like one of my favorite things is to hit, is, for somebody to to reference something I said in a message that I totally forgot that I said, yeah. and then for them to talk about how that how that truth like impacted them, hmm. you know, um, yeah, it it is crazy. I it's a real I, yeah. You're right. It's like the whole great message kind of stuff. Is like okay, great. I don't care. Like, I don't care if you thought the message was great. Like, did, did it do anything, you know? Like, or did you just think it sounded good? Or what, you know, like, or was there something memorable that you just took away? Kind of like <clears throat> what we talked about. People don't remember sermons, they remember sentences. Like, if somebody can remember a sentence that just really, boom, hit them, it's like, man, all the, all the hours were worth that one sentence, you know, for that to actually have an impact and for God to multiply it more than, and my own words and abilities, you know, like that's the cool thing is to see like how God can use the words of a flawed human being who had, who's so far from having it all together and like that he can use that to bear fruit. Like that's a, a miracle in and of itself, you know, that he would use like unclean lips, right? And that he would like Isaiah, like purify it in the moment and use it in the lives of the people. Like that's such a cool thing that only God can do. And so... Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for asking that. So, um, if your name's misspelled on this, like Christina Hanna, that's not her last name. Uh, sorry, I pulled this from the website. Uh, that's the schedule for tomorrow night. Tuesday night's pretty sparse, uh, but we'll get out early, which is great. Um, and then Wednesday night. So, again, the link for this is on Facebook, uh, along with a little invite video. I have no idea who will show up for this. Um, like I said, hopefully you've at least got a few friends who will come listen to you. Otherwise, you get to just awkwardly stare at me. And I love awkwardness. So it'll only be awkward for you, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be your friendly face for sure. So, so the goal for this, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill out just a basic kind of review. Uh, and then I'm going to fill that out for each of you. And you'll get that, not probably not the night of, but you'll get that sent to you along with a link to your specific message so that you can watch yourself and then, and then there'll just be some notes of feedback. Um, yeah, and then that'll basically be it. Uh, honestly, I, my, my desire was to, at the end of this class, be able to have like a, and, and then there are these, all these opportunities for a bunch of context, stuff like that. It's like, we don't have that developed quite yet, but, but I really do want this class to be a bit of a feeder system you know, as we continue to expand our equipping opportunities and our different contexts to, to have teaching, like, I want to be able to draw from, from, like, to mine this out from people. It's like, oh, it seems like there's an aptitude there and there's a desire and an enjoyment in that, you know, to be able to really uh, pull from this group uh, if, that, if that occurs to really kind of come alongside and, and help uh, even in our, in our equipping context that we're continuing to want to broaden and bolster and all that stuff. So I don't have real specific things. Yeah. Are we going to be able to listen to other people's 
If you want their link, you can ask them, yeah. Right. It, it'll, it'll, yeah, I mean, it, it'll initially be published as a private link, so only the people who are given the link can see it. So if you sent the link to whoever, they'd be able to access it, but it won't, it won't at least be posted in such a way that just any random person could just go onto our Vimeo channel and find it themselves. Like, they'll need the link kind of thing. If, if you're like, I, I would actually like that to just be, way more easily available so I don't have to send it out. Like we can change that setting, but you can just ask us individually on that, you know. I just I didn't want to just post everybody's stuff and you're like, I hate that and I don't ever want I want it to be burned. You know, kind of thing. It's like, okay, well you can have the link and then and then I'll share it with anyone. That's fine. I don't care. We don't have that luxury on a Sunday morning. We can't like burn that. It's no. it's on Candale's website. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Up. So what's that? We get to choose which service. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, typically second's better, I think. I usually choose first. That's interesting. I don't actually get a choice. You get a choice? Does oh, Kim yeah. ask you? No, I tell him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah, you, you, can, you can request what service sure, you want. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Again, if you have any questions, shoot them to me. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow night, Tuesday night, or Wednesday night. <laughs>